that brings us to the end of our discussion of the top four teams and how they've got on in the transfer window this summer. But we want to discuss some of the teams from further down the table. So what we've done is me and Barney have picked two teams each uh, that we both think have had interesting transfer windows. And we're going to talk about those teams with each other. Now, Barney, I'll tell you what, I'll let you go first. Um, which is the first team that you've picked to to discuss? Well, the first team I wanted to talk about was uh, Shavers. Um, a team at the time of recording uh, currently have got <laughs> lost every game and have uh, <laughs> only scored two goals. <laughs> and I, I think the thing that really interests me about Shavers is there seems to be a lot of incomings, um, but largely it's, it's, it's the same team, it's the same players who've been playing the game so far this season. And generally the incomings are young, apart from one or two players with sort of top tier experience. Uh, they seem to have ditched a lot of the older players who had gone up with them last season. That were, you know, they're sort of old, the older guard. So I'll highlight some of the, the, the transfers that have sort of well, the, the, the two biggest ones for me. First one is Bruno Rodriguez from the twenty-two year old centre back who they'd signed from Braga, which I think at a time was you know it was quite early on in the window, but it was considered a bit of a coup for Chavez to have got him. You know, he seemed had quite a bit of hype about about him. Sort of showed a bit of potential, and so far he's played every minute in that Shavs back line, be it with um, Igor Nogueira, a centre-back they signed from Santa Clara, or Steven Vittoria. So there's a, certainly an eye for the future in that sense. But I feel like they need solidity now, clearly. You know, you five games about uh, four or five games about a win. So that would be an interesting one to see how that plays out because that seems to be a bit of a bold move. And the other thing is uh, Kalichi Makali, the 25-year-old uh, centre-back, Nigerian centre, uh, sorry, centre midfielder, who came from Spain. The, the reason I, I'm interested in him out is because he played for Arsenal's youth team and, and, and Porto B B team at one point. But he's 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 uh come straight into the the team in in that midfield role, uh, and as has impressed me. So I think that that looks like a good signing because ultimately the biggest shift in this Chavez team is the formation, right? The departure of Jao Teixeira, who was there very much a number 10, played behind the striker. And of course, the manager, Vita Campelos, who liked to play his 4-2-3-1. With Jose Gomes in charge, he seems to like playing with two strikers. And one of those strikers is Hector Herrera, who's got their only two goals of the season. Um, but new signing, Paolo Victor, who has played most of his career as a winger, has been partnering him and and is also perhaps more importantly grabbed the number nine shirt. So Jose Gomes seems to be banking on this this guy who came from Brazil's second tier, had scored four goals in 18 games last year, mainly on the left playing out wide. So it seems like a that, that's quite a an interesting point, you know, that, that they've made that sort of gamble, both player and manager, you know, to sort of make turn him into a striker as it would seem. We'll have to see if that plays off. And then finally, the the wide positions that have been strengthened, you know, to give competition to Abbas and Benny, who are both good wingers. But they brought in Ruben Lamirez, who they signed from Victoria. You know, I, I, both me and you remember watching him when he was at Family Cow. He was he was a, a standout player. You know, you get those sort of players in the the teams of the, the low positions of the table who there's just one or two players who look like they're they're that bit better. And Ruben Lamirez was certainly that when he was at Family Cow. Didn't look as good at, at Victoria. Never really had an opportunity, a full run in the team. So if he can come in, he could be a big player for them. And and finally, Leonardo Sanka, who had also had his moments at Family Cow the second half of last season when he was loaned from Spezia. So, you know, those another two positions that they seem to have strengthened. So 
I think the whole point, the reason I wanted to talk about Chavez Albert is they're really struggling, but they've got a lot of incomings, and it's how these in- incomings are integrated in the team and if it will work. Because um, at the moment, it's like a big ask because they're, yeah, they're not doing too well. Well, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because the, the feeling I had with Chavez was that they were really unlucky in the first two games. They got a player sent off in their first two games, which really hindered them and, and, and kind of held them back. And I thought, actually, they'd put in good performances, but they couldn't really show their full potential. They then followed that up with a bizarre 5-0 loss against Ferenz with 11 men on the pitch. So I really threw, threw a spanner in the works for me because I was getting ready to say that, that Chavez looked decent and they're, they're ready to improve, they're ready to, to get better. They lost again today, um, again with 11 men on the pitch. So, you know, that, things don't look great, as you say. But yeah, I think I like what you said. I think they have made some interesting signs, and those 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 last two players that you mentioned, Sanka and Lameras, are the ones that I like the most. And and the anomaly for me, Barney, the one that it's almost like a fun fact that I like telling people: the goalkeeper that they signed, Hugo Souza from Flamengo, for a transfer fee of close to a million million euros, which is like an incredible fee for a team like Shav. So obviously, a player that they're, they're hoping will have some kind of selling value. But yeah, Shavs, I mean. At the moment, sadly, for all the wrong reasons, but nonetheless, a team worth keeping an eye on because they're they're having a to put it to put it nicely an interesting season, and I think that's that season is only set to uh, to continue. Um, all right, well, the first team that I wanted to bring to the table, Barney, that I think have had, in my opinion, one of the most interesting transfer windows, um, definitely of this of the of the league this window and and of the last few years that we've covered this podcast, I think, is Aruka. Um, obviously, they qualified for the Europa Conference League qualifiers last season. It's well documented now that it wasn't to be. They they, they crashed out against against Bran. But it's been a very, very different transfer window for Aruka than that which we've come to expect from these teams which do well in the league and qualify for the Europa Conference League and then have all of their best players either bought by bigger teams or end up uh, leaving as free agents or end of loans and stuff like that. So they end up with a completely different team uh, the following season and, and, and can't really compete. I think it's been different for Aruka. They've lost very few key players and actually they've enforced really, really well. They've signed a lot of Spanish players. They've signed a lot of South American players. Not a lot. They've signed players from, from South America as well. And all of the transfers that they've made have been either for very low fees all loans, all free agents. So I think it's been a really interesting window for them. The the, the, the players that I think some of the listeners will already be familiar with that they've signed this window. Cristo, a 25-year-old Spanish striker. They signed him on a free transfer. Um, he's previously played for Real Madrid B. He's played for Tenerife, Udinese, Dijon. He's played for other teams in Spain. So um, a, a, an interesting striker, as we'll, come, as we'll come on to, a player... I like a lot of their signings who's got experience as at kind of smaller clubs in Spain and has already made his mark on the league. He's scored quite a, quite a few goals already and looks really good for me. A good strike partnership with, with Rafa Mujicos, who's already there. Um, they signed Jason, a uh, 28-year-old winger, Spanish winger, previously played for Levante, Getafe, Valencia, Alavej. Um, they signed Miguel Puche, a 22-year-old Spanish winger from Real Zaragoza. That was, those are both free transfers. They signed Javi Montero, 24-year-old centre-back. Again, Spanish, signed on loan from Besiktas. Um, they signed from two players from the Uruguayan League, both for transfer fees. They signed Matias Rocha for €220,000. 
He's a 22-year-old centre-back. They signed him from Defensor in Uruguay, and they signed alongside him Alfonso Trezza, €185,000, uh, 24-year-old winger from Uruguay, played for Nacional, one of the biggest clubs in Uruguay. Um, and then they signed a couple of other players, Pedro Santos, free agent, 22 uh, central midfielder, free agent from Braga, and Ebu Kouassé, defensive midfielder, who played for them, I believe, in the season they got promoted. So, really, really interesting win- uh, really, really interesting window in terms of signings. A lot of players from Spain, a couple from Uruguay. Um, and then, of course, the departures. So, they, they lost Rabasso for 2.5 million, and they lost Anthony for 3.2 million. So, they've only really lost three or four key players. They lost Ole de Bag, um, and they lost Alan Maurice as well. But they made a big profit on the players that they sold. Six million euros in sales for a team like Aruka is phenomenal, especially when they they spent less than 500,000 euros on transfer fees. They've signed good players on free agents. They've also got a good scouting network in Spain, which they've exploited. They signed young players as well, Barney. An average age of 24 years old for the signings that they made. But the departures were an average age of 27 and a half years old. And that's with 21-year-old Anthony really bringing that average down. So they are, you know, they got rid of some old players and they brought in young players. Um, they're all signings that that had the potential to to be sold on for, for a big profit. Um I think it's been a phenomenal window, mate. I think obviously losing Joel Basso was was a big, big loss, but I think they they did the right thing in cashing in and and you know, the way that their their transfers have been going with these players like Christo, who's, who's looked promising. Jason's looked promising. You know, who says that these signings that they're they're bringing in as as replacements won't be just as good and for for literally a fraction of the price? Yeah, and I think that's Aruka's thing, isn't it? Last year, we you know so many players we had absolutely no clue about, um, and and and, that, and the level that sort of they brought. And so I think with all of these signings, there's there's a sort of bit more pedigree to them. So I'm I'm sort of really hopeful that they'll 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 be able to push that ceiling even higher. I think it's been yeah, it's been good, smart business, as always for Ruka, you know, barely spending any money. Um I think the one that stands out for me, Albert, is Alfonso Trezor, the right winger from Uruguay. Looks like he's got a lot of pace. Grab the number nine shirt as well. Um yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna be a player that I'm just gonna watch because he, he just looks really interesting. Um but yeah, for a club that sort of had well, they've had their failed Europe European campaign now. But they'll be able to focus now and 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 you know these bed these new signings in and try and make the that that step further that they did last year because there's a there's a good squad there there's a good team. Absolutely. All right, going on, Barney. What is the second team that you wanted to talk about? Well, I wanted to look at Casapir because um, similar to Aruko, though I think Casapir probably the best example in the league of a, a and a, a rather unique position as well, which. They've kept their whole first team together, like completely. Their they're, they're best 11 they've kept, uh, despite having such a, as good a season as they did last year. And what they've done is they've looked to bring in a bit more quality, a bit more depth, or perhaps people to fight for those places and hopefully push them that step further. Because, you know, I'll, I'll mention the manager as well, because, you know, like the players, the fact they've kept um, Felipe Martins, who's is a really highly rated coach in this league and as it looks like he's got potential to to get better and better that's a huge factor and so yeah, they they're in this really strong position um i think the players who've made the most impact so far from what we've seen and actually broken into that 11 the likes of uh, Larazabal, uh, the spanish right back and uh, pablo roberto um 
Lazabal, who came from Real Zaragoza, I think bring, is, is clearly brought enough quality to start right wing back, uh, which is, as I've talked about previously, I think it's been a bit of a problem position for Casapia, or certainly it was last season. But he looks good. He looks strong going forward and back, you know, and I think he's, he's, he's he has he has that attacking ability to perhaps, I don't know about you, Albert, but I, I think I think of Lelo as an attacking fullback. And I think Lerazabel is going to bring the same energy to that right-hand side and then, you know, gives them the option of sort of, uh, you know, the, using both wings to attack and, 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 and at different moments throughout the game. But the player who's who's definitely made the most impact is Pablo Roberto, uh, the, the Brazilian midfielder. Uh, he stood out against Sporting when they played them. I think he's got two goals to his name now. Certainly scored this weekend. Um, right from the Brazil's second tier, as uh, quite a few players in this league do, you know, but he looks like someone who's got quality and, and is, is going to make a mark on this league. It's, uh, he's quick to close down the ball, high up the pitch, um, obviously finished with his two, two goals this season. And yeah, that if if I was to highlight an area of the pitch that Casapia need to improve, it is centre midfield. They've got a great attack in Clayton, who's is really come on this season. Obviously, Xavier Godwin and Yuki Soma are excellent wingers. Their back line is strong. Their goalkeeper is strong. So midfield is really an area which they needed to address. And yeah, uh, Pablo Roberto has been brought in. They've brought in two youngsters from uh, Sporting and Benfica in Samuel Jusso and Rafael Brito. Uh, perhaps Brito's got the best chance of sort of maybe getting a few appearances in that midfield. Um, he's, he, I think he was quite good at Benfica B. And then they've also brought in um, perhaps the the other player that I would I would yeah keep an eye on perhaps is a uh, the Brazilian winger Jaja, who a uh, twenty two year old. I think he's started to get a few substitute appearances. Looks looks slightly interesting. Um, and and finally, just a little bit trivial, but they've signed an Armenian winger in Arta Sirabian. I just had a quick check just to confirm, but he, he's actually the second Armenian to play in the league. Um, there was a guy back. Do you want to guess what club the the, the previous <laughs> Armenian player played for? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to do that. I was like, do not do this to me. <laughs> well, give all. Sorry, what was the question? So this... I can't guess who he is, but was it guess what team he's played? Yeah, for? yeah, it's, it's Givol Garazan. Uh, played in twenty between two thousand fifteen to two thousand nineteen. Played for two clubs, but he was with one club for most of it. Who's most likely mm, to have an Armenian? Armenian. <laughs> I'm going to put my neck out now. I'm going to say Rio Ave. Ah, uh, no, it's Maritimo. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, I, um, I've 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 digressed. But look, I think my overall point, Albert, is like like you're similar to what you're talking about, Aruka. I think they're in a a good position, Caspier. They've got their the whole of their best eleven, and they've made a few additions. And I, I, I'm really excited to see what Felipe Martins can do with them because I think they've they've got the potential to push on even more than so than they did last year. Bonnie, how how damaging do you think the uh, departure of 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 the legend Rafael Martins will be? Ah, oh, look, man, <laughs> he played his part last season. He got goals. You know, Clayton yeah, only came in the did. second half of the season. So they've now got Clayton and Felipe Cardozo. So, you know, he leaves a gap. Uh, but he looked good in that Santa Clara kit, didn't he? He can't, he can't regret it. Absolutely not. Um, all right, well, look, Barney, lastly then, the team that I wanted to discuss was uh, Family Cow. And um, as always, Family Cow have signed in numbers, as we expect them to do, and from further afield than most clubs. But they're good 
scouting network has, has unearthed gems before. Um, and it looks like they might have done it again. Uh, they made a number of interesting signings. They've signed Francisco Moura for a million euros from Braga. Uh, quite a big fee for a club like Family Cal. They, they also signed a defensive midfielder from Serbia called Mirko Topic. Another fee of a million euros. So quite a, a big fee paid for him. Um, they made Alex Dobre permanent, who was a Romanian striker from Dijon in France. 600,000 euros. So again, not, a, not an insignificant fee. Um, and they've signed Otavio, 21-year-old centre-back from Flamengo for, for 500,000. There's a few players, undisclosed fees, but again, these these get quite interesting. Justin De Haas, a 23-year-old Dutch centre-back from um, a team called Lokomotivo in Croatia. Uh, that's an undisclosed fee. And for me, Bonnie, the most interesting signing of the transfer window by any club was Family Lecao signing up a 19-year-old Finnish attacking midfielder, Otso Limata, from the Finnish league. Uh, incredible bit of scouting. Um, they signed a winger called Oscar Aranda from uh, the Real Madrid B team. He looked really good. He scored, if you remember, the winning goal against Braga on the opening day of the season. And then they brought youngsters in on loan. Barney. They signed Henri Araujo, the 21-year-old striker from Benfica. Chiquinho, as we mentioned, 23-year-old winger from Wolves. Nathan, 21-year-old right back on loan from Santos. Listeners might remember his time at Burvista when he looked... Looked very good before moving back to Brazil. And then French central midfielder uh, Tom Lacour from Bordeaux, again on loan. And an 18-year-old uh, Japanese midfielder uh, from the Japanese uh, third division, apparently. I mean, that sounds incredible. Um, they have let a few players go, obviously, Barney, and, and it was two big departures, which allowed them to spend that bit of money that I mentioned earlier. Uh, most notably, Ivan Jaime for €10 million Euros to Porto. And Alessandro Penetra, uh, for 4.2 million euros, he went to AZ in the Netherlands. Uh, listeners might remember me talking about Penetra last season, a, a, a centre back come right back, 21 years old, uh, Portugal Portugal under 21 international. Um, he's captain family cow at just 21 years old. I was a really big fan. Um, so I understood when he left, but I was a little bit disappointed. Other than that, they've not lost a lot of what you would describe as key players. Ivo Rodriguez was a very useful player, 28 years old. He went off to Saudi Arabia. Um, Lawrence Afori, a kind of Ghanaian central midfielder who didn't, for me, stand out that much. A family cow, he left. Heriberto Tavares went to Estoril Prior. Again, he, he never quite stood out for family cow. Diogo Keroz, once a great hope of the Portugal national team, is now playing in Romania. So that's a, that's a real shame. But look, like I said, I think it's been decent investment from family cow. They've spent the money that they've got, 3 million euros in transfer fees, plus they've got in a number of players on loan. They signed in big numbers, 12 signings, including those loan moves. Um, they made the big money sales for Jaime and Penetra. Only two really key players as well uh, left, so I think that's a positive. And then, like I said, those those signings that they did make are the kind of interesting signings that we've come to uh, come to expect from Family Cal. Um, the only negative I'll say is, is obviously those two players that they left were big players. But I think Family Cal could be on track for you know quite an interesting season. We talk about them a lot. We, you know, we say, are they gonna? They gonna kind of build on the potential that we know they have? Uh, is everything gonna click? I think that's a big thing for Family Cow. Are do all the signings click and and do well on the pitch? Well, they've certainly had a good start to the season, so I think it could be a very interesting season for Family Cow. And, and as always for Family Cow, it was a very interesting transfer window. Yeah, it's all about uh, which one of those ones come off. Um, 
you know, it's interesting that we saw Otsu Limato get thrown straight into the first game, although he looks a little off the pace of Bro, but like like you said, a really interesting signing. Like where do they find him? Um but like, I think overall, but yeah, it's 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 looking positive. I think for me that the fact they've managed to get Zaydu Yusuf, a huge player, like a really good midfielder. So that that was great for them. And I, I'm really excited about Nathan. Uh, you know, if, if he can get that right back spot uh, nailed down, because he looked really good when he was at Boa Vista. Um, so yeah, he, he uh, uh, he's the one I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, that brings us to the end of the discussions of teams for this transfer window. I mean, we love transfers on this podcast. It's such an interesting topic. It can really help define the season. Part of me wishes, Barney, we'd done our season predictions after the transfer window has ended. Maybe they would be slightly different, but who knows? Um, that said, of course, only a few months until the uh, winter transfer window opens and, and we'll be doing it all again. But I hope that that discussion has hoped has helped uh, shed some some clarity on the kind of signs that these clubs have been making, what kind of positions they're in now after the transfer windows close and some players to look out for for the smaller teams. Uh, but before we go, Barney, we sent out a request on our Patreon and on Twitter for some questions uh, from you guys. And we've got a few to answer quickly. Um, so we'll start with this one from Jack Hacken, uh, who says, which smaller team had the best transfer window and what can we expect from them for the rest of the season? Well, I think we both picked two um, teams that we thought had good windows of the smaller clubs. If I'm going to pick one, I will go for Aruka as the team who've had the best transfer window. And in terms of what we can expect from them, well, I, I think they could be in, in quite a similar position to, to last year. You know, I think they'll be outside of the top five, but I think they'll be one of the best teams outside of that. Um, and I think the only issue for Aruka this year is that I think there'll probably be a few more clubs competing for that sixth spot that they that they were competing for last season. But I think they will be there or thereabouts again. And I think that in itself is an achievement of of, of repeating that success from the season before. Yeah, I mean, because I, I did a deep dive on Casa P, I'm quite interested in their transfer. But I think I think you're right with Aruka. I'm, I'm really excited. Christian Gonzalez always looks like, already looks like one of the potentially signings of the season because he, he looks great up top. Hmm. Um, All right, next question comes from Glenn Gomez. And he asks, uh, which position do each team need to improve now? Well, I don't think we've quite got time to go through all the teams in the league, but I think if we go back to the top four, which positions do these teams need to improve? Uh, I'll go first, Barney. I think Benfica, for me, the position is left-back, although they did sign, as I said, Bernat on loan. Um, So if he comes good, then... That, to me, is job done. And I think there's not really many weaknesses in that starting eleven. Porto, it's hard to choose between left-back and centre-back. But I think left-back was probably, again, the more pressing area of the pitch that they needed to uh, to reinforce. So, for me, for Porto, it would be left-back. Sporting, I said it already, goalkeeper. Um, I think goalkeeper, yeah, Adan, not quite up to it. And I think, you know, they did really well to to invest good money in the positions that they needed to invest in. And I think... Just doing that same thing with the goalkeeper would have been the icing on the cake. And then lastly, Braga, I'm going to say the same position again. I'm going to say left-back. I just think that's probably the area of the pitch in terms of if they were fielding their strongest eleven, which is the weakest. Although I think Adrian Marion is a, is a, is a decent sign. And they've got Christian Borgia. Again, he's OK. Um, if they could have just brought in a, a good left-back. But, you know, it's easier said than done. I don't know who that left-back was that they could have brought in. Maybe Lelo. Um, but 
Anyway, again, all the top four teams have had, have had good good winners, so there's not too many positions that I think they're they're lacking. Um, I'd, I'd go a bit further. I think the obvious ones for the rest of the league for me, um, Victoria were crying out for a centre back after they, they. I feel like they certainly haven't replaced Bamber and Amaro. Um, it, it, that, I think that was a, a really obvious area, which I was surprised nothing happened on the last day of the window. Um, I was going to say Rio Urban, of course, they got their transfer ban. <laughs> um, I, I, and and I tell you what, I, I'll which is sort of links to the previous case from Jack as well. But I just wanted to talk about the three promoted teams because obviously it's very hard for us to gauge um, their transfer dealings, having not not being so familiar with their their squads that have come up. Um, from the second division, um, but I think looking at the players that I do recognise for all three of those teams, I am quite interested in all of their business. I mean, Australia have been managed to bring in Pedro Mendes, an experienced Portuguese centre back, to play uh, to play in, in defence there, which which is obviously a, a, a position which is they're going to need um, uh, as much support as they can as the season progresses. But then up up, but then further forward, um, Ronald. Uh, Brazilian winger, 22 years old, has already got a goal or two to his name. And they've uh, Alunendor from B-Sad, who looked really good when a young um, Senegalese striker who looked good when B-Sad were in the Premier Division. Um, Morens have, I think, have improved all over the pitch. Um, Fabiano Souza from Braga, right back, I really like. Um, and Co- they've already signed quite a few players from uh, Braga. Uh, Cody Sang, obviously, they had last year, and it looks like a really good winner. But Hanane as well, a 22-year-old winger, who had a couple of moments last year for Braga, I think, off the top of my head. Um, and finally, for ends, the, 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 the most exciting transfer, potentially, of all window, Zilu is back in the Premier Division. Mm. Uh, back from, uh, I thought he was a lot older than 32 years old. But, um, you know, great players have back in the league but also elsewhere Fabio Barbosa from uh, Tondeo is I think a good signing and um, uh, Fran Delgado right back from Real Betis looks really interesting so uh, not specific areas of where these teams need to improve but I think it was worth highlighting the, the business that the promoted teams have done because uh, yeah they've been quite active mm, definitely definitely um, alright a question from Lauren Jenks Barney who asks which signing overall excites you the most in terms of what that player can bring to their new team um and i know we love to champion the little guy barney but i think for me when i'm just thinking of the signing that excites me the most it's the most obvious answer but i have to say angel di maria and i just say that because for me it it just felt like the type of signing we hadn't seen in portugal in a little while in terms of the stature of the player, the quality that the player still has, um, and just the idea of, of Angel Di Maria turning up at Morrowind's away on, on, a, on a Monday at 8pm uh, just tickles me a little bit. So I, I genuinely am very excited for what he, he could offer to to Benfica. I think he's already scored a lot of goals and he's shown that um, this league's a very comfortable level for him. But the thing is, we've got, we've got Benfica to look forward to in the Champions League. So... Um, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's for me. I know it's the obvious thing to say, but it is just for me the most exciting signing. Yeah, I mean, generally signings from outside the league uh, excite me because there's a bit more of a mystery around those those players. Um, that's a Hulman. I, I can't wait to watch because I've never really watched that guy play. But I think I'm excited to see him in sporting before. But I think the one, the most exciting one, is Ivan Jamie from uh, Family Cauta Porto, right? Because we've seen so many times these players from those sort of clubs around the, that make that jump to a big team and not not really pay off 
but Ivan Jimmy just feels like he's got that potential to really kick on, and I really hope he can do it at Porto. So I think, yeah, he's the one I'm going to watch the most closely because I, I think he's got what it takes to really come on this year. Yeah, very good point. I'm looking forward to seeing him play again, man. It just feels like a long time since he's played because obviously, you know, he, he wasn't playing for Family Cow Wild or the, the transfer saga dragged on. So glad, I'll be glad to see him, him back out on the pitch. Um, all right, two more questions, Barney. Next one comes from a bag full of toffee uh, who says, uh, as impressive as Sporting have been up front, they really should have brought in a competitive keeper. Adan should really have been replaced this summer. I mean, I said it already. I completely agree, but I'm interested to get your opinion on that, Barney. Do you think Do you think Adan is, is a liability? Is he going to cost them points in the league? Is he going to cost them games in the Europa League? Look, he's obviously got a mistake in him. We've seen that several times. Um, I think the thing with Sporting, we've talked about, they've spent big. And, you know, they are not as in a strong position financially as Benfica or, you know, or possibly even Porto, I don't know. But, like, you know, they they have to pick and choose where they address the areas of the squad. And I think the midfield, the right-back spot and the striking spot was the priority over goalkeeper. I think they could have, but I think priority is really... Um, really those positions. So I understand why they haven't. Also, Frank Israel, you know, he's, he he might get an opportunity. I, I don't know. But um, and but like I mentioned, Casper Michael's a free agent. <laughs> like father, like son <laughs> in a sporting shirt. That'd be nice to see. That would be absolutely lovely. I wouldn't say no to it at all. Um, all right, one last question, Barney. And this comes from Miguel De Silva. And this is not about the transfer window, but he asks, do you think Braga can make it to third place in the Champions League group stage. Well, to that regard, I'd say, what about second or first? But obviously, um, the, the Champions League draw happened during the week, last week. I think we'll discuss this more on the proper Lombard Football Podcast, which will be out on Wednesday this week. Um, but just to touch on this, Braga obviously got a very tough group. Um, they're in a group with Real Madrid, Napoli and Union Berlin. So I think what McGraw is alluding to here is that if they finish in third place, They'll drop down to the Europa League and they'll get another crack at European football. Because look, let's not beat around the bush. It's a very tough group. Uh, you know, they're definitely not the one of the top two best teams in that group. And obviously only the top two go through. Um, to ask McGraw's question, I will say, can they finish third? They absolutely can. They'll have to target Union and Berlin, um, I think, to, to to do that and finish above them. I think it'll be in Madrid, Napoli, and then hopefully Braga and Union Berlin. So if they're going to finish third, they'll they'll have to do it that way. To be totally honest, there is a possibility that they, they finish fourth. I think Union Berlin are a very strong team. German League is very strong and, and Berlin are a strong team in that group. Napoli and Real Madrid, we know very strong European teams with European pedigree, European experience, big budgets, big squads that, that Braga probably can't compete with. I will just I'll just end with this. You know, with Braga, when it comes to the Champions League, their aim was always to get to the group stage. Let's be honest, there was no aim further than that. So if they don't do it, if they don't get out of that group, and if they don't even get into the Europa League, they haven't failed at anything. They haven't lost anything because I think this was always as far as they had any reasonable um, any reasonable chance to expect. So, you know, I think they've done so, so well to get to the Champions League. Hopefully, um, at the very least, they can finish there, take the Champions League money, uh, head down into the Europa League and, and win a few games there. If it doesn't happen, then absolutely fine. They can take the money and run. And if you know somehow they have a great group stage and they end up finishing above Napoli, maybe or even above Real Madrid in, in first or second spot, then you know the fairy tale continues. Yeah, it's going to be really, really tough, isn't it? It feels 
the draw didn't seem very kind for Braga uh, when it came out. But you never know in the Champions League, and you know it's it's, it's not a, it's not a full league, uh, season campaign. It's you know it's it's a few games that matter, and one or two results go their way. You know they they, they could be there. Um, but look, that's why they've had the transfer when they had. That's why they brought in the players they have, um, just to try and do, do something. So yeah, I mean, one of the best reactions I saw to the draw was I, forgive me, I can't remember who did it on Twitter, but it was um, I think it was a position of Vinicius Junior, and uh, and just Jose Font and Andre Marin against him. I mean, <laughs> 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 like <laughs> it's gonna no, but look, they, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see those games just to see Braga. With the Champions League badge on their on their shirt, it's going to be just fantastic to see. And at the at stadium as well, it's going to be a treat. So, yeah, can't wait for it. And like I said, more discussion of the Champions League draw uh, on the Long Ball Football Podcast uh, out Wednesday this week. Well, look, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we hope this has been informative and you've learned a little bit about not just the big teams, but some of the small teams as well. Um, I think it's fair to say, Brian, and we absolutely love transfers, so any opportunity to talk about it is uh, gratefully taken by us. Yeah, really enjoy it. Not sure what we're gonna what I'm gonna spend my uh, evenings doing now for the next few months, but uh <laughs> I've been scrolling Twitter for gossip, but uh <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it and I enjoyed doing this as always. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, definitely consider giving it a little review and star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Check out a link in the description of this podcast for a way that you can become a longball football socio on our Patreon page for £1 per month. Um, and it just leaves me to say, though, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Yes, next week.